Well, good morning, good day, good evening. It's Wednesday. I believe it is June 1st, 2022, but don't hold me to it. So, uh, it's a brand new day. Uh, it's a brand new week. We had a holiday on Monday, so I don't know if you guys had a three-day weekend. Congratulations. Uh, this is our midweek podcast. For those of you who did not listen to last Monday... Uh, that's me moving over into the big stuff, so it may or may not be comfortable for you. So, uh, you know, I think everybody will have to kind of decide for themselves, but I did see that we got some new subscribers, so welcome. Uh, just uh, as a here and now moment kind of thing, I will tell you I did get the puppy on Monday uh, I had made the decision that the girl puppy was probably never going to get here, and so... If I was going to get the puppy, I needed to do it sooner rather than later because he's imprinting and getting the habits of somebody else in a very different situation. He was uh, in a very open space with a pack of dogs, which we're in a closed space with the dog of one who's not very social. So he's been here uh, a little less than 24 hours and finally he passed out for five minutes. I've never seen a dog have to go to the bathroom so much. I think we're up to like 15 since this morning. It's only been a few hours. So uh, I don't know if he's nervous or he's just testing his boundaries or what. So we've been in and out quite a bit. Uh, I've been challenged to figure out how to poop him out, how to poop out the puppy. Uh, that is going to be the big, big decider for the next two years because anybody who's had a puppy knows the first two years are the worst. And four months when the teething goes in hardcore become a nightmare so we're not I don't know how old he is but we're not quite there yet so that is the puppy update if you are brand new and you haven't listened to any podcast uh, my name is Jill and that was just a little recap about what's going on for me here in the middle of New Mexico in a tiny horse trailer that now has two dogs and no horses because that's something I've never been able to accomplish and we are really talking about more of the internal process. How do we manage what's going on around us? How do we make sense of it within ourselves? How do we be the change from the inside out? Uh, and specifically for those of you like me who are wired for danger, meaning when there is danger confronting you, your nervous system immediately says, charge forward. No hesitation, no questions asked even if it's not the smartest thing in the world to do. You just can't help yourself. And that being said, we all have all three types of nervous systems, freeze, flight, uh, uh, fight, flight, freeze. They are all valid. They all have their purpose. But some of us are wired just a little bit more to run towards the problem, meaning we're less functional in dealing with long-term problem solving. So every type of person has their own combo, but I really talk about how to manage the nervous system for you specifically. And so with that, uh, I wanted to continue just a little tiny bit with what I talked about uh, and then sort of branch over into a comment that was made. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to decide to say some things that I know a lot of people aren't going to be that interested one of the ways you know that this is a hot button for you is when you get angry uh, or you get distracted. 
uh, those are two subconscious or sort of semi-subconscious strategies for your uh, mind to avoid things it doesn't really want to look at right now and that is perfectly okay uh, we are all developing in our own way at our own rate on our own subject matter and so when I share these things I'm not saying everybody should agree with me when I say the feminine should step back and let the masculine rise up I'm just saying that something to think about plant it as a seed and observe in yourself and the world around you and so I am super appreciative if you're still here and you watched or listened to any of the video or the podcast or the uh, spoken word poetry uh, war cry because it's just an introductory idea and the two seeds I want to really plant about the feminine and the masculine and this is for all of us within ourselves but also as men and women you know the, for the woman, I always heard this when I was very young, called the empowered feminine, and I was felt like I was told that would be my work. And I tried really hard to work with women, and it just never really materialized. You know, life took over, and all kinds of things got in the way. Uh, but a, a year or two back, that has started to resurface. And what resurfaced with it was a deeper understanding of the masculine. And the word I would use to really couch this rising up would be the embodied masculine. And what I mean by that is men are at their best when they are fully present and alive and vital and uh, really have a strong sense of being in their body. Not in their head, not in their heart, not in their spirit, but in their body. I think that's why women respond so much to men who are very physical. There's just something about the more a man is in his body, the easier it is for a woman to move into more of her feminine way of being in the world. And there's a guy, I think, who actually uses that term. And uh, I will have to link that because his last name, John, just... Uh, flashed and then left. Now I don't, uh, I like what he says, but he charges a lot of money and he focuses on uh, romantic relationships and all that goes with them. And, uh, you know, that's what people pay for. He makes a lot of money having people pay for that. I think that's the least important thing as the world comes crashing down <laughs> upon us, but it's the same principle. Uh, and men and, you know, in the men's movement are really talking about, you know, being very physical and they're, uh, wanting to you know do uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu that's a big one where a lot of guys are getting into that to re-embody themselves uh, you know there's all these Spartan races and things like that now I think that's awesome but here you know my focus is on we're in a tiny window and so all of these things are fun and exciting and uh, ways to meet people and all that but None of them serve the bigger picture. So, you know, 10 years ago, it would be fun to do that kind of thing because we felt like we had forever. Uh, right now, we're hanging off a cliff trying to pull ourselves up, and most of us don't have the strength. And a lot of this got started for me, the, phys the physicality in the masculine, uh, which I love as a woman, you know, I have, I, you know, I love to be strong, but that's something that's kind of dissipated for me is uh, in the 
uh, arena of parkour, which is uh, also called natural movement. It's parkour. I've talked about it in the past, but the evolution of it began with a guy named George Bear, and he uh, was in. I th- he's French, but the the situation I believe was in Italy. There was a volcano that went off, and he was shocked by all the people who died. And this is like in the early 1900s because they couldn't swim to shore. They couldn't pull themselves out of the water onto something, to a boat or something. And he was shocked by the hundreds and hundreds of people who died. And he really committed his life to developing natural movement. And, you know, obviously we didn't have, uh, you know, social media and things like that. There's a there is a couple video shots. I've put them in my videos in the past. And he's just, you know, incredible what he can do. But his motto was to be useful because he couldn't understand how humans uh, would allow themselves to get to a point that they couldn't embody and help and be useful and, and save themselves. And I think that's a really valid question. So Uh, That's kind of our 10-minute recap. So if I was going to give you the journal question before we go on to this a little bit further, uh, as a man or a woman, what do those terms mean to you in both ways? The empowered feminine and the embodied male. And I think of the feminine as the uh, heart and spirit, and I think of the masculine as the mind and body, the intellect and the physicality, the emotion and the spiritual and the sacred. And again, we have all four, but when we come into the world as a man or a woman, it's really a privilege to activate what is strong and innate in our DNA and our core. And, you know, you've heard me talk about how hard it is for me. And so this is part of my personal healing process is to really reconnect in a deep and powerful way with the feminine because I can't physically or mentally change anything out in the world. But after 40 years of studying, uh, you know, spiritual practices and, you know, laws of the universe and all that kind of stuff, I do know the power uh, of the non-physical, the power of idea, the power of thought, which can be prayer. It can be anything that you want to call it. But what generates the intensity and the fuel to a thought or an idea or a prayer is the emotion behind it, the intention, the energy behind it. And so when I talk about focus and energy for myself, there's also an application about how we utilize focus and how we utilize energy both as man and woman uh, and as the four things that swirl within us you know the mind the body the heart the emotions and the spirit we're all things and so we get to choose you know how much we want to focus on that what we want to do with it but the best way to really evolve ourselves is to consider ideas that piss us off and I am super happy if you listen to me and I say something that upsets you because that means you're semi-engaged and getting ready to consider new ideas what's harder and isn't our work here are those who can't hear at all they're just not they can't hear ideas yet so they they don't listen they go away they tune out uh, they keep 
getting distracted. And this morning I was listening to a woman talk about how much success she had with like a 30 second video on something, you know, to wake people up to the truth, right? The truth of how horrible the world is as if, how could you not notice? But the push was shorter, 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 shorter videos, shorter quotes, shorter ideas. And, you know, I had looked at TikTok because that's the most uh, prevalent, fastest growing social media medium. Uh, But the whole point of TikTok is shorter, faster, more, shorter, faster, more, shorter, faster, more. And the reality is, is none of that is sinking in. And so in the same way that I've made the decision to talk about things that are uncomfortable, I'm also making the decision to present the information in a way that isn't going to connect because most people want shorter, faster, more, shorter, faster, more, shorter, faster, more. And what that really accomplishes is less in more distraction, more disassociation, more avoidance. And as I was thinking about this morning, and I've had this thought many times, is that those aren't my people. You know, anybody that's going to sit around and journal, anybody who's going to contemplate to true change within has to do two things. They have to be willing to go into their body and feel, and they have to then take it to the next step. What do I want to do with that? Is my body uncomfortable? Uh, Is my emotional state uncomfortable? Do I want to dig down and ask the question, why? Uh, Do I want to ask myself, what, what can I do about it? And I'm, you know, I'm saying all this stuff, and it's like, no kidding, this is not rocket science. And I just had the experience where somebody was Uh, you know, feeding my own stuff back to me. And it just made me want to hit the wall because I said, I just need to vent for a moment. I don't need you to problem solve. I don't need you to philosophize. I don't need you to tell me what the bigger picture is. I just need to get it out, right? I just needed to discharge the energy and the idea and bounce it off of somebody, which uh, I don't really have anybody to do that with in a safe place. And And I say safe, meaning... They can listen and they can hear and they don't get triggered by their own personal issues so they no longer can be present for you, which is technically the role of a therapist. But my experience has been a lot of therapists and counselors and social workers have zero capacity to listen and they also can only help you to the degree that they're comfortable with whatever it is you've come there to work on. So it can be a really positive experience. And as I told you last uh, podcast, it can be a horrible experience. So I am not a diehard fan of therapy just because I happen to be a therapist. (laughs) I am a diehard fan of journaling because this is a fabulous place to really be able to just get it all out. Nobody gets to look at it. There's no censoring. There's no editing. There's no time limit. There's no right or wrong to it. There's no judgment. There's no criticism. There's no feedback mechanism. There's no distraction. There's no disassociation. It can be an extremely pure form. And it can be short form. It can be a sentence or it can be long form. It can be, you know, I can easily go 10 or 20 pages. Um... It's a pure form of getting something out. And that is just so important, whether it's an emotional process that you need to discharge out or it's a mental process. You know, one of the 
hallmarks of the OCD brain, which is sort of the opposite of the ADD brain, is that it loops. You can't break the loop. That's what that light switch on and off, on and off, on and off is. But, you know, a less uh, impactful form of OCD is you can't let an idea go. It loops, it loops, it loops, it loops. And, you know, you might find yourself telling the story over and over and over to all these people who are eventually saying, stop telling me this story. That's the beauty of writing it down. There's something in the process itself that allows the idea to be disengaged and the loop broken. So when you hear me talk about things that are uh, you don't agree with or you find yourself distracted or angry or disagreeing, it isn't because I'm right. It means there's something there that will eventually be asked to look at. And, you know, the reason I've whittled all this down to these ideas within ourselves is that, as I have said, you know, many, many times, it's the only source of true change. And this morning in my own writing, I was. Uh, you know, questioning, did I do the right thing? You know, did I get this dog? Was this a mistake? Uh, You know, I've spent all morning trying to poop his little butt out. As I look at him, he finally, it's been, what have we been up since 4 a.m.? He's like, it's 1030 now. He's finally sleeping. (laughs) So, uh, deep breath. So I haven't really figured out yet, but it's, you know, it's been less than 24 hours, uh, how to poop him out. And I'm worried about that because of my own energy and my own limitations. But when I was processing all of this, and I had said to my friend, you know, my first instinct when I saw this dog was, this is my dog. And I'd already made the decision. I don't want a puppy ever again. That's why I got Freedom, who was older. Uh, And so I know that by taking this dog, I was committing to living another 12 to f- or 10 to 15 years, right? I mean, technically, he's going to be kind of a larger, medium-sized dog. So I would say, you know, 10 to 15 years, uh, if everything was perfect and he's fed and healthy. Uh, and th- And I have intuitively been feeling like I only had maybe two more years to live. I intuitively... I've been feeling that by 2025, I won't be here anymore. And so for me, it was a really important decision to listen and to write about and to think about. And and I wanted a girl dog because I wanted to be more activated into the feminine, which uh, I've never had a girl dog, so I you know I wanted to experience that. But but um, at the same time, you know, caretaking. Uh, a brand new baby life, right? That elicits the feminine within us. Uh, it can elicit the masculine by being protective and providing. And so uh, it's an opportunity that I hadn't planned on or expected, but it's given me a lot to think about. And now I have a whole different future that I'm trying to plan out for myself. And it's a really hard thing to do Because we're in a point in time where there's just so much uncertainty. And so, you know, my question has been, how do I want to fill that time up with something that for me feels purposeful? Uh, I talked several podcasts ago back about three base camps and three of them being, you know, as things change, we have to ask ourselves, you know, do we want to be part of 
what happens? You know, do we want to hide and just sort of write it out, which has sort of been my mantra here for a long time? Uh, maybe we want to take care of children who lose their parents. Uh, maybe we want to take care of animals. Uh, maybe we want to care for older people or for the sick. So there's no right or wrong about any of this. I'm just bringing it up because uh, I think that if I can only assume that you're having some of the same experiences that I'm having. Just because I make decisions like I'm never getting a dog or I'm only going to live for a couple more years. Uh, and I look at headlines and I feel exasperated because I don't know what to do, right? Like, what is the right thing to do? How do you even make a decision? That the most powerful thing we can do, both for ourselves and the world around us, is really be able to know who we are, to trust what we think, to trust what we feel, uh, to trust that we have processes to get us to a point uh, to trust what our hormones are built for, to trust what our physiology is built for, to trust in the power of our body. I listened to this great story about a woman who was 41 uh, giving home birth, and she she was funny. She talked really slow, but she made the decision to uh, you know give birth at home with a midwife, and of course everybody was freaked out because of her age, but on top of that, the baby was three weeks late, and uh, the midwife said, you know, your body has the wisdom to get the baby out. You have to trust the wisdom of your body, uh, and she was really funny about it, but she'd had a brutal childhood of being overweight and having you know people make fun of her, and she had no trust in her body, and the experience brought the ability for her to trust her body, even when it was in slow motion. You know, the midwife would say, I know it's slow, I know it's late, but there's no indication of anything wrong. There's no distress. Just wait it out a little bit longer. I think the baby was 10 pounds, 6 ounces, so it is a big baby. But she learned the experience of trusting her body through the process of childbirth. It's not an intellectual process. It's not even one you can observe in others. It's the one that you are physically experiencing. And to me, that's the power of the embodied masculine, whether it's in a woman or a man. And that's the same as you cannot understand the emotional experience of anyone until you've had the powerful emotions ride through your own system. And that's all chemicals, right? It's hormones, neurotransmitters, ideas, beliefs, imagination. It's all this cacophony of feeling. And when we can focus that, when we can use that as energy and we can read it as a guidance system. Okay, I'm feeling afraid. What do I need to pay attention to? Oh, I'm feeling angry. What do I need to pay attention to? Instead of letting it drive us, we use it as a way to reference and focus where we want to take our energy, not where it's trying to take us without our permission. And that's really the power of just acknowledging, you know, that you're going to get angry, you're going to get distracted, you're going to be unhappy, you're going to be bored, uh, that nobody can give you a perfect experience. And shorter, faster, more is the least impactful way of creating any value, whether it's with another person, whether with its information, whether it's a feeling, a task, an idea. Uh, it's just not enough to really flush out everything that can come from that. And so 
you know, that's why I really like the longer form podcast. I like not having to be stressed out about watching the video camera tick off the time and I'm like, the file's getting too big, the file's getting too big, the file's getting too big. Or, you know, the camera, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, I can't see, you know, that one part of my collar is up and the other one is down or the buttons are wrong or my hair is sticking out. You know, it's just, there's a lot that goes into the video, you know, that's why people have massive amounts of production teams that create quality video because there's so much that goes into it. It's hard to pay attention. Uh, And that even the YouTube videos are longer, you know, than the TikToks, which are, you know, shorter, faster, more, shorter, faster, more. That, you know, at least it allows you to develop an idea a little bit. Uh, So, uh, you know, that's why I'm choosing the two forms that are least popular, plus that just seems to be my path, Uh, and choosing ideas that are very unpopular because that's where all the power lies. Uh, And unfortunately, it's just a rare few that really want to dive in and look at the things that are uncomfortable, that, you know, really want to shine light in the dark corners. But those that do, you know, those are the really interesting people. Those are the people who do fascinating things out in the world or even just in their own tiny little corner. And I believe those, that's you guys. You know, if you're here, that's you guys. You guys are here because you're hearing something that uh, is sparking something that is encouraging you to look at yourself in ways uh, not right or wrong it's just timely and and that I forget all the time I have to remind myself all the time of things I already know and it's exasperating right like how awesome would it be to just be able to hear some like have a photographic memory just hear something once get the lesson and move on huh like it ever would go that way, right? <laughs> and so uh, I wanted to just spend you know a little bit of time with you here just to go over a few things like that, to recap a little bit about what we talked about, a little bit about who we are, uh, a little bit about the power of all these processes, uh, and to really encourage you to pat yourself on the back and to give yourself respect that even though nobody can see what you're doing and nobody knows what you're thinking, This is all part of the ethers where real change happens. Everything happens before it becomes manifest into form. And it lives with all the power in our heart that is prompted by our mind and thought. And so the power of our thinking and our feeling and our doing is the magic combo of how we move around in this world. And even though that's simple and obvious, it's so hard to align all three of those things, even when you understand that it's sort of the secret formula, that it's difficult to get to a place to understand that we aren't here to have a perfect body and a perfect life and a perfect relationship and a perfect government and a perfect job and a perfect home with a perfect family and a perfect pet. You know, that's just not why we woke up this morning was to have perfect. Uh, We woke up to be processed, to experience, to learn, to grow, to take what's, you know, blooming on the inside and see what we want to do with it on the outside or just keep it there and let it go in its non-physical form and that to have the power of such a simple simple tool as thinking feeling and writing it down 
I mean, to me, that's a miracle that such simple, simple tools can create such massive, massive change. And for those of you who get that, I am so happy you got that. And for those of you who haven't really fully embodied it yet, I truly, truly hope you'll find the power of these combinations uh, as it just, it won't, it doesn't fix things. It doesn't make your life perfect. It just gets you through. You know, I've talked about for a while now, you know, the, my three of my core tenets, I've got so many little lists. I know it's very confusing, but, um, it's to remember who you are, which is the power of who you are as spirit, right? That to get through now, which is really the power of this journaling process and to really look at how we think, how we feel, what we're doing. And then to heal and to get to the real transformation after it's over. And we're not there yet. We're still in the remember who we are as a way to get through. And one of the most powerful things you can do to get through is to trust your thinking, trust your feeling, trust your body, trust the people closest to you, trust your spiritual practice, whatever that is. Um, And to just write it out as a way to really give yourself some feedback after you go back and read it. Is it working? Is it discharging? Is it letting you let go? Is it letting you think differently or consider differently? Is it processing that anger out or giving form to the joy and to the love and the happiness or to to be able to name the grief and the loss so that it can flow through you and it doesn't get stuck? So all of this is simple. All of it is obvious, but it's just hard to remember the simple and the obvious when we're in the throes of chaos and crazy and survival and uncertainty and trying to make one decision, right? I'm going to go off into the woods, eat my food and die to another decision. Oh, I'm going to get a puppy. So now I got a responsibility for 12 years, right? So it's, you just never know where this whole process is going to take us, but I am extremely grateful that those of you who are here are choosing to take this crazy ride and this amazing process with me. So uh, I'm just going to repeat, if you're doing the journaling, a good question for today would be, what does the empowered feminine and the embodied masculine mean to you as a person? But also, what does that mean if you're a man or woman and the opposite in relationship to? How does an empowered woman function in the world? What would an embodied man actually feel like or function in the world Uh, and part of us being able to name it to see it to feel it to visualize it to imagine it brings it into being Uh, and for me it means such a sense of comfort and internal strength with who you are Uh, it's just it to me it's just all power and from power comes peace Uh, not control but peace. So I will look forward to what you have to say about that. Uh, I am going to say it's a good time to take one big old deep breath. I made it 30 minutes without the puppy having some kind of spaz or attack or running down the stairs. (sighs) I am relieved. So uh, with that, thank you for being here. Deep breath. Remember to get it into the deep lungs, push it out, get that fresh air in. And I, my friends, will see you next time.